This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. This is the the episode two hundred and twenty two. I am Dame, and with me, as always, is Tim. Tim, how are you doing? What's up, Dane? I am doing good. Excited to be recording our special two hundred and twenty second episode because this is the only time we're going to be an episode that's all about the number twos. (laughs) So it can only mean one thing. It's got to be all about two face. What we should have done was we should have waited like uh, until February 22nd, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> if we really wanted to be accurate, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Just put the podcast on hiatus for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of months. If we really wanted yeah. to keep that two-faced theme like really, really focal <laughs> and yeah. sticking it right until everything literally is with the number two, we would have done that. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing the um, uh, a commentary for the the two parter. Um, I'm sure Tim's going to have a lot to say because this is Tim's uh, bread and butter, right, Tim? <laughs> oh yes. Um, so uh, let's just get to our uh, fellowship of the ring and appointment of commentary. We're going to do back to back to back commentaries, Tim. I also I think cool. another first for our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, boy, Dave, I got a crazy okay. idea. Yeah. Since this episode 222 and it's all about Two Face, should we do just this one time a two minute commentary for the Fellowship of the Ring? Okay, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's just so go fun. crazy. We're going nuts on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, just grab your DVD, grab your Blu ray, grab your HD DVD, grab your beta tape. Grab your VHS, grab your laser disc, um, your Blackbuster rental copy, your Netflix physical subscription copy, uh, DVHS. Did I get everything there? Oh, you forgot the most important one, the last one. But the most important one, which is the VHS to DVD converted copy. They spent (laughs) all that time animating Gollum. They want you to see it 
<laughs> and I'll be watching it. <laughs> VHS to DVD converted copy. So um, we're, we're on minute 10. We're going to do two minutes because this is episode 222. We are doing the two face two parter. And so we're going to do two minutes. For, so we're going to go from minute 10 to minute 12. So, Tim, are you ready? I am ready. And the best part also, if you're watching it on DVD or Blu ray, the extended edition, you got two discs of the movie, so just throwing in any <laughs> connection to the number two I can throughout this episode. <laughs> well, the, the the DVD copy of Fellowship of the Ring was on two DVDs. Yep, and the Blu-ray. I was a little disappointed about the Blu-ray being two discs, because I was like, I think it should be able to fit the whole extended edition <laughs> on one Blu-ray disc. Uh, I wonder how many VHS tapes <laughs> You would need to do that. Did, Probably four. Did Fellowship of the Ring come out on VHS? I don't think it did. I don't believe okay. so. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, I know for sure would, the extended edition didn't. <laughs> yeah. Because I was thinking, like, uh, Titanic was on two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was, what, two hours and 45 minutes? Pretty close say? to three. Yeah. Three. Right. So this is like way over three. So yeah, three VHS tapes. <laughs> wow. Um. So Tim, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Um. Let's get the volume down a little bit so I'm not blasted in my ears. Uh. All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. As Sam is just staring at that flower with just like hearts in his eyes. <laughs> you know those is like that names. Is that for his girlfriend? Uh, is her name Susie or something? Sally? I think it's Rosie. Rosie, yeah. I think. <laughs> I was going to say, I know those memes that says, find someone who looks at you the way this person looks at this. It's almost like, find yeah. someone who looks at you the way Sam looks at this flower. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like we're kind of through the whole introduction of concerning Hobbits. I don't know if I mentioned this on the past commentaries where we were seeing the introduction to Hobbiton and the Shire, but uh, the main theme for the Hobbits is so good. It's one of the best musical themes in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and in a score that has tons of great things, the Hobbit one's one of the best, or one of my favorites. There's Gandalf. We're getting we're getting introductions into some main characters finally in this commentary. Yeah, we're finally starting the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's Frodo. And get going with the different techniques they were using to have the actors playing the hobbits appear small, some wide shots with some little people in there, and then some yeah. close-up shots where it's actually Elijah Wood. But overall, because I know that was a concern going into the movie from certain fans, like how are they going to pull off the hobbits with you know actual actors we're familiar with and not being short? But the different techniques they use, I think Peter Jackson did a brilliant job with it. Yeah, like when uh, Frodo jumps into. Gandalf's arms. Mm-hmm. How do they do that? <laughs> That's a great introduction again to Gandalf and Frodo, just quickly establishing their close relationship as friends. Do they have small cows too? And like smaller like pigs and stuff like that? I know that's the case with they mainly use ponies, but I'm not sure on like the yeah. other different animals we see in the Shire, with at least in the few shots we do get of them, like some pigs. They do look to be normal size. 
that's that's weird. You, you would think they, they they would have smaller um, pigs and cows, right? You would think, but I don't know. That's maybe one of the details that wasn't explained upon too thoroughly. I guess in the original books, I'm not sure, or I don't remember. As uh, always, it's those thought-provoking questions you come up with, Dane, in these minute-by-minute commentaries I've never really think before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they have smaller houses, they have smaller cups, right? Yeah. Or, or, or like, you would have to have, like, two sets of cups, one regular for you, and then one for, like, if you had a, yeah. a human guest, right? Well, as we see, as we'll get to, Gandalf definitely looks oversized in Bilbo's house <laughs> when it comes right. to standing, sitting. <laughs> We'll have to pay attention to the size of the cup that he has when Bill will pour some tea when we get to that moment to see if it does look yeah. extra small. Um, but yeah, anyway, that that's our fellowship of the ring minute by minute commentary. Except this time we did it two minutes, so two minute, <laughs> minute by minute count. I don't know how that works. But, um, uh, now we can move on to our future topic, which, like we said, is the two phase two parter. Uh, we're gonna do a commentary for both episodes. Uh, uh, I I guess I'll just hand it over to you, Tim, and you can say whatever you want to say before we get this started. Yeah, well, I guess before we get into it, we're going to be watching it on HBO Max, so if anyone wants to follow oh, along yeah. or watch it along with us as we do our commentary, we will be doing it for on um, HBO Max. But the only thing I'm wondering about, if uh, I haven't watched too many series on HBO Max as far as leading into each other, so I'm not sure if it has like a continuation once the episode is over to just automatically move into the next episode, or if we'll have to stop and then pick the next episode when, when it's over. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but uh, hopefully it's a smooth commentary throughout both episodes. Um, but I guess without further ado, I'll go ahead and get started if you have it all queued up, Dane. Yes, I do. So, uh, you want to give the countdown or? Yeah, I'll give the countdown. I'll give the countdown on two, not three, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, and um, also, we're starting at zero, 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 right? Yes. Okay. Unless you want to bump it up to zero, zero, two, but (laughs) it might be too much of a hassle to get to that exact second. But, okay, I'll give the countdown in two, one, play now have you seen much of batman the animated series since it's been remastered in hd dane uh no i haven't oh, you're gonna be blown away just by the intro here that's <laughs> how clean it looks see i mean just look at the colors of them oh yeah, the flames. Oh, yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i got the blu-ray box set and i've watched several episodes but i haven't done a full blown series rewatch yet all in blu-ray but this will be the first time watching the two-face episodes in hd i mean i still can't get over how great just in the intro was <laughs> now the first question i want to ask you dane regarding this episode in two-face in general what was yeah. like how familiar were you with the character of two-face before these episodes of Batman the Animated Series because I'm oh, sure wow, this that is... shot looks better. It doesn't it? Feel free to jump in and interrupt when you're just in awe of how beautiful <laughs> the series looks now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the one shot I was waiting for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I interrupted. That's okay. 
I just wanted to see how familiar were you with the character Two Face before seeing this episode, or was this your first introduction to Two Face? Uh, this was actually my second introduction because my first was Batman Forever. I had not okay. seen uh, I had not seen this episode when I was watching the uh, the animated series um, originally. Mm. Yeah, so for me. I always knew of the character of Two-Face, and I was actually waiting and anticipating for his appearance in Batman the Animated Series, because I specifically remember the series has been on for like a couple of weeks, and I was at a supermarket, the grocery store, where my parents are doing grocery shopping, and the magazine racks, I don't remember what magazine it was, but it had like a special section of Batman the Animated Series, and I was flipping through it. I saw a picture of Two-Face, like, oh, so there's Two-Face. I knew Harvey Dent was in it already because we've seen the episode on Leather Wings. But this is that first time I saw how he would look as Two-Face. And the way that his discard side of his face was the color blue and not green stood out to me because I was always more familiar with the classic comic era of Two-Face being green, not blue. So that always stood out to me. And then I was just eagerly anticipating these episodes to air once I saw that first image of him and just to actually see the character in animation was something I couldn't wait for. And by the way, just such a great, I know we kind of went over it already, but the introduction or the start of this episode of just that dream Two-Face was, or Harvey Dent was having, just slowly planting the seeds of what's going to happen to him. Yeah, like something isn't quite right with it. (laughs) Yep. It's just such a brilliant move to have Harvey in a few episodes before he becomes Two-Face, like I mentioned on Leather Wings, but then he was had a prominent role in Pretty Poison with Poison Ivy. And then also Rupert Thorne, having him introduced in a few episodes before we see him here as well. It's great to see uh, guns in, yeah. in a uh, cartoon. Uh, something you didn't see... Uh, a whole lot of back in the day. <laughs> Something that yeah. Batman animated series paved the way for. They even have like a, a rocket launch. Yeah. <laughs> I love this Batman action sequence. Even though we don't really see him taking down the criminals, we're just seeing how Commissioner Gordon and Harvey are viewing it from outside the building yeah. and Batman's throwing people out of windows and grabbing them from jumping out. It was just like so awesome to see the terrified faces on all the criminals as they just run out of the building. They don't want nothing to do with Batman after that fight. This is one of my favorite shots coming up. That shot of Batman right there. Oh, I love it. It's so cool because they use that a lot in the TV commercials and promos for like, don't miss the next episode of Batman the Animated Series. And they'd always end up with that shot of Batman on the roof, it's black silhouette and just like the logo of Batman the Animated Series on there. And Big Bad Harv is going to make an appearance as Muddy gets kicked on by one of Thorne's goons. And, I don't know, you can't really blame Harvey for having this reaction, but, you know, as a public politician running for district attorney, that's something you want to do. <laughs> With the media, really do that. Right can you imagine if your local DA <laughs> roughed <laughs> up a guy like this? I know. I mean, this immediately would have cost them the election, probably. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> just look at the faces of all <laughs> the media. So something's not right in his head already. Rupert Zorn's gug, uh, thug knows it. <laughs> this yeah. guy's crazy. He's a maniac. <laughs> Like Gordon's response, oh, that's one heck of a button. He <laughs> <pushed>. <laughs> and Rupert Thorne's another character who I was first introduced in Batman the Animated Series. I know he was kind of in, I believe, kind of the 70s comics of Batman as the mob boss then, but I've never read any issues with him prior to seeing him here in Batman the Animated Series. So he was kind of one of those characters as I was first watching it and I first saw his episode, which I believe was um, It's Never Too Late, and just wondering, oh, is this a character was created for the animated series, or was he based on the comics? I just haven't read yet, so... But definitely got my first introduction to Thorne here. And this is pretty much his only main appearance in Batman media besides the comics, because he doesn't show up in any movies or really any other TV shows that I can think of, but... Yeah. Bruce Timm and Paul Dini and Alan Burnett, Eric Radomski decided to use him as the main mob boss for Batman the Animated Series, so it doesn't get a much better appearance than in this series, or this interpretation of Batman, I should say. Yeah, another thing, too, is, um, again, I'm not saying anything original, but how well the color cuts through the black, you mm-hmm. know, so, so there is separation, you can kind of see what's going on. Um, yep. Whereas you look at something like Rise of Skywalker and then, uh, you, you know, on Exit Wall, and it's kind of really, it's really hard to see what's what's going on. Um, whereas something like this, like the color really comes through. Especially you when you're seeing it in HD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then as we're seeing the fundraisers that Bruce is throwing for Harvey, this is another cool thing that the animated series added to the character of Two-Face and just the friendship that Bruce and Harvey had as when they were going to college together and just how they were old friends and just a dynamic that was never done before for those two characters. But now you see it in a, quite a few different iterations of Two-Face. Um, even in Batman Forever, uh, Two-Face says, calls, tells Bruce he was a good friend right before he falls to his death when Batman throws all those coins at him and yeah. another stories to follow. So just something that another great element of the Batman mythos that Batman the Animated Series uh, created with the friendship between Harvey and Bruce. Harvey didn't learn his lesson from <laughs> roughing up Thorns men. Now he's doing it to his own aid. <laughs> Oh, and that ice statue got it pretty bad. <laughs> I bet uh didn't see that coming. <laughs> I know Justice is blind, but... <laughs> you gotta be like, you know what, Harvey, is something bothering you? Is something wrong? You know, instead of just acting shocked. <laughs> And I believe the character of Grace, Harvey's fiance, was created for this episode. Now, I'm not 100% sure on if she did, there is another character she's based on in the comics or not, but um, I think she definitely paved the way for Gilda Dent that we get introduced to in the long Halloween. 
take a little bit of inspiration from her, but obviously not to the extent of what she does in that story. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that they're talking about Harvey Dent going to see a psychiatrist to talk about yeah. his mental his problems. Yeah, his mental problems that he's having on a show aimed for kids in weekday afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing you don't see every day on a kid's show. No, you do not. This is such a great scene, too, the way you got the rain going on in the background and the way yeah, I was it's about lit. to say, yeah, like the ambiance with the, the thunderstorm coming in and it's all dark. Yeah. Like oh, that shot right there. Like, oh, yeah. Really <laughs> the lightning revealing the two face side. That's so good. Her wanting to bring out his other personality of Big Bad Harv. And just the way Harvey was struggling, but does bring him out. And got to give props to the voice actor Richard Mall here, who voices Harvey Dent and Two Face. Just similar to Kevin Conroy, distinct, distinguishing his voice as Bruce Wayne and Batman in these early episodes, the voice difference between Harvey Dent and Big Bad Harv, especially in this scene, is just night and day. It just performed so well by Richard Mall. As the shrink is given kind of the origin story for Big Bad Harv about representing Harvey's repressed anger that he has and the feelings that he has after he felt guilty after beating a little kid up one day in school. So a little bit of origin exposition here. Again, children's cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about anger and being a bully. And for good measure, let's just have Big Bad Harv attempt to murder his psychiatrist <laughs> here. <laughs> well, that's really interesting. It's more like a mental thing, you mm -hmm. know, like or a physical thing, I should say. Yeah, yeah cause, like physical cause transformation see, sort of thing. Yeah, because you're obviously seeing the pain and struggle in his face when he does switch back and forth. Yeah. I like how nobody cares that there's a big gaping hole in their glass window. <laughs> I think they'd be getting something wet and their yeah. clothes and hair would be blowing in the wind. <laughs> no, I kind of forget that line, too, where she really recommended about him going to a psychiatric war for, for yeah, a little right. bit. But obviously he doesn't want to do that in the middle of the election. A lot of parties and fundraisers in this episode. <laughs> I know. Got the first one in Wayne yeah. Manor, now we have this one. Very opulent ballrooms. A lot yeah. of opulent ballrooms in animated series Gotham. I like the big Harvey Dent poster in the background. I know yeah. it's not Billy D, but it does remind me of the Billy D posters we saw in Batman 89. Just the way he's positioned and like the look on his face. I like to think they it, took inspiration. If they had a Billy D. Harvey uh, poster, 
like a big poster like that. Would you buy one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could you not? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they had one where he was winking too. <laughs> <laughs> A call from Rupert Thorne about to blackmail Harvey Dent. Yeah. And see, even when I was watching this episode for the first time, I knew they were doing things differently than the origin story of Two-Face I knew about from the comics about, especially with Sal Maroney being the mob boss who eventually ends up scarring Two-Face with the acid and throwing it in his face in the courtroom. So the fact that it's now Thorne and not Maroney, I do obviously doing something different, but as I was watching, I was still kind of expecting them to do the whole courtroom scene where he becomes Two-Face, but little did I know it was going to go down very differently than how it does in the comics. <laughs> uh, Bruce learning and then just immediately <laughs> snubbing his date or just some random woman who was at the party well this is a little more important <laughs> <laughs> still a typical bruce move every <laughs> yeah. just another one of those things I like about the animated series is like the time period that it's in where you don't really know. I just love the look of how everyone's has that forties trench coats, hats, fedoras yeah. that they have. <laughs> no matter if you're a mobster or a politician, it is anyway, that's just the standard look in Gotham. And here's our first Batman appearance uh, since the beginning of this episode. It's one of the, one of those episodes where you don't see too much of Batman throughout the course of it, except for the very beginning and then the end right here. But man, just look how the color blue pops out on his cape and his cowl. <laughs> it just oh, it looks so good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually looking at the red on that car. The red <laughs> is really, really vibrant. Cooper's <laughs> tracking device didn't need a pretty good sized antenna that he had to pull out of there. <laughs> Technology is not, I guess, quite as advanced just yet. <laughs> Already getting close to the final sequence of this episode, man. One thing about <laughs> these episodes when you watch them, or especially when you do commentary, they just fly by. So I kind of jumped up. That on... office... Why does that office not have a roof to it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Well, there's a roof now, but something they maybe oh, yeah. forgot about when they were animating that other sequence. Oh, that looks amazing. Bruce, uh, Batman sneaking up. So I jumped ahead a little bit right there where I, where the psychiatrist when I was telling the story of Big Bad Harv. It's actually in this moment right here where Thorne is recounting Harvey or looking at Harvey's files and recounting that story of him beating up that bully and feeling so guilty. You know, that sweat on Harvey's face. <laughs> I shot a few seconds ago. I mean, 
He is not doing good at this moment. Just look at that, that twitch in his eye. Like it almost became the shape of how it looks when he becomes two faced, just for like a quick second. The animation's so good in this episode. Oh, yeah. I always like this line that Harvey has right here where Thorne says, do we have a deal, Harvey? And Harvey gets all calm, cool, collected like it's Harvey. But then he slowly says, you're talking to the wrong Harvey. <laughs> in that two-faced voice, and he just goes ballistic. <laughs> And Harvey has to be pretty fit and able to knock all those guys out, especially with Thorn, how big he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fly Thorn. Yeah. <laughs> there is a little aspect that I like about here with Bruce and Harvey being friends. Like the one time you're going to see him kind of fight together, taking down <laughs> Thorn and his men. Not necessarily working together because Harvey yeah. kind of tossed Batman away, but still, <laughs> they're both going after Thorne's men and not each other here. Again, can you imagine your local DA doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine that. Because <laughs> Harvey feels he can, you know, feel free to cut loose here. We don't have to worry about any cameras or anyone watching in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the point that we get a totally different scenario of how harvey becomes two-faced here and to be honest it's something that i've i've been torn on because i've always liked the story of him getting scarred in a courtroom by sal maroney or some type of bob boss but i never liked the idea of batman being in the courtroom also in his costume just sitting there <laughs> as one of the people <laughs> observing and then pushing dent out of the way just to have it be on his half of his face but in this scenario too it works well but the way as we saw the explosion hit harvey it is how it made him fly off i'm just not sure if only scarring half of his face would be the damage extent of the damage there i think it'd be a lot more worse than that and it just hit him in the face yeah the side of it too that's what's because you saw how big that explosion was. It was pretty pretty huge. Yeah. And not even just caused a lot of damage to that walkway as well. Just blowing a chunk of that off. I wonder if it was something too. It might have been where they weren't able to, as far as being limited to what they can and can't not show as far as Harvey being scarred. Maybe something, having acid thrown in your face wouldn't be allowed by the FCC at the time. Gonna get our big two face reveal here. Regardless of how it happened, this moment in sequence here is just so beautifully done. Yeah. We haven't gotten the full shot of Two Face just yet. It's getting a little tease. We saw the color blue. <laughs> Think we're gonna get it there, but nope, as he's looking in the mirror. And just a scream that Harvey lets out here. Again, the performance by Richard Mall so well done. And just the perfect reveal right here. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I mean, the shock of horror on Harvey's face as he turns into the lightning 
God, it's just perfect. That might not be over. Uh, I guess it's over. Yeah, this is the first episode. See, it just zip by. <laughs> yeah. To be continued. Now, if I remember this right, and I'm pretty sure I do, <laughs> I think this yeah. episode aired on a Friday. Oh, real quick, you just want to hit the up next button, Dane? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. If I can get to it. Okay, and then we'll pause it on zero again. Okay. Yeah. You can... What were you going to say? I'll just make sure. Okay, back to the next episode starting. Is it for you? Uh, yeah. Just, okay. Just hit uh, pause and then go back to zero. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do the countdown again and then we'll start the second episode. Yeah. Okay. Two, one, play. Okay. Oh, Part two it. is officially <laughs> underway. I, I met, or are you going to be like a, a, a second and a half? Ahead of okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not two seconds and a half. <laughs> oh, I should I should say two seconds. <laughs> Just to keep in with the theme. No, but I was what I was saying, I believe that this episode or Two Face Part One aired on a Friday. And I just remember the wait for the weekend feeling like forever <laughs> to see Part two. Yeah. <laughs> and to actually see Two Face in all his glory in the next episode but especially back then when you're nine years old and time just yeah. seems to go by so slow the weekend felt like a week <laughs> I remember. Right. let's see this beautiful lightning shot again ah <laughs> never it's never gonna get over yeah. in hd that looks amazing it it, it really does show Forgot about the recaps that we got too. At least this is like a quick recap. It's just showing you <laughs> the events of Harvey becoming Two Face when Thorn's men shot their electricity bolts, and we're immediately at the hospital scene <laughs> where we get the reveal. So it wasn't like a full-blown, drawn-out recap of everything that happened from the very, very beginning of the last episode. And I sh I'm sure I said this on other Batman the Animated Series commentaries I've done for the Batman universe, but the title cards for each episode. Hey, there's our episode number, Dane. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Two, two, two. It's all fitting together so nicely. But yeah, those title cards, I just, one of the many aspects I love about the animated series is how different it was. It just, just makes it feel so timeless. And the episode doesn't, again, doesn't waste any time. You're immediately just seeing Two-Face. He's already hired two henchmen of his own. And, of course, they have to be twins. So he's about to hit a mob bank. And, like, we don't see the aftermath of Harvey struggling of what he's going to do next. It's like, nope, we're just immediately full-blown villain Two-Face already. What a bank is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like more like a bookie bank or something like a betting yeah, bank. Because you see horse races going on in the monitors back there.
I always like the design too of Two Face. I remember, as I said in the beginning, the blue uh, skin side of Two Face took a little bit of getting used to for me because I was so familiar with the green. But I always liked the black and white contrast of his actual suit and tie, even. <laughs> Just one side yeah. black, one side white, both going against each other. I just love the shocked face on Two Face's henchman there. When he's like, Two Face doesn't know we got to flip through the jewelry because that wasn't part of the plan. And he's like, What are you crazy? <laughs> Two Face gives a little mean slap. <laughs> One thing I remember specifically about watching this moment right here, as Two Face is saying to everyone there, he wants to give, wants to make sure. You're, they give Rupert Thorne a message for him, and he just starts firing his machine gun, blasting all the TVs. I remember me and my brothers were watching this, and my mom was in the kitchen. The, she, she couldn't see what we were watching, or she knew what we were watching, but she couldn't see it. And we had the volume real loud, and the gun, the machine gun starts going off, and she just, like, screams out from the kitchen, like, what are you guys watching? Like, what's all that gunfire? I don't know if I want your younger brother watching this series with all this gunfire going on, like, shooting at people. They were like, no, he's not shooting at people. He's, like, shooting at the TV screen or <laughs> stuff like that. Again, like I said, children's show with guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because if, honestly, if you're just hearing the audio, and you hear Two-Face say, I want you to give Rupert Thorne a message from me. And you just hear a machine gun fire out. You're thinking he's shooting a bunch of people right there. I always like this show sequence. How, uh, oh, did, did they show how the, the other side of that, the coin got all marked up? No, I think Two-Face had it all along, but I think you might just oh. have to assume that um, it was either from the, ex or should it be really from the explosion? I think it was actually like that from the start. Yeah. I do like the sequence because just how it goes nicely with the first dream sequence we've had of Harvey running down and trying to escape big bad Harv in his dream. But now we're seeing Bruce have a dream about how he feeling guilty and how he couldn't save Harvey. And I, so brilliant about this series how it all goes back to the loss of his parents too where we just got that moment where he's looking down and he sees his parents saying why couldn't they save him just again going into bruce's uh mental state right here too not just harvey's it's so beautifully done in the story So Harvey Dent is missing right now, right? The, the, the DA is missing right now, right? Yeah, well, I don't know if missing would be the right word because I think people, obviously, he's making the news. They know he's Two-Faced, just kind of Two-Faced at large, and <laughs> just a criminal on the run, I guess. Oh, I see. Kind of, yeah, you have to look at it. And Thorne's men with that fake mustache it doesn't even match the color of his orange hair <laughs> not the greatest disguise just don't take off your hat yeah 
Yeah, so Grace definitely doesn't know where he is. As she's saying, she hasn't seen him since the hospital, doesn't know where he's at. I'd like to know, too, like how long it's been since the events of part ones. I'd like to think it's a pretty substantial amount of time. I mean, not like a year or anything, but maybe a couple of months. Do you think Two-Face would kind of have to get certain things in order and find those henchmen, work out a plan to try to take Rupert Thorne down? No, I don't think it was like a couple of days after that night at the hospital to where he became actually Two-Face. Right. If only Thorne's men in Grace knew how, or I should say Candace knew how close they were to finding Two-Face as the cars just <laughs> passed by each other. $65,000 in three stacks of pills. <laughs> I like how he's just putting it in a wallet right here, too. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he has a credit card with his name on there. <laughs> it actually said two face. Two face. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. He actually actually had a couple credit cards in there too. It wasn't just one. <laughs> so regardless of what I mean, happened to Harvey, uh, he still had good credit to apply for some new cards yeah. and be <laughs> named. Although it is uh, driver's license said. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was maybe one of the reasons that I think it's been a couple of months since the night of the accidents because he had to apply for a few credit cards and it get takes a little bit for you to get those credit cards. So yeah. <laughs> always like these shots of Alfred just Casually keeping the back cave clean with his duster. <laughs> it's got to be constantly covered in uh, dirt. That's why you see so many shots with him doing that in several episodes of <laughs> him just cleaning several different areas of the back cave. So even. Alfred had a pretty good uh, suspicion or an idea maybe Two-Face could have had where he's saying maybe Two-Face is going to rob him twice <laughs> because he's all done robbing Thorne's banks, especially with the ones that, with the theme of number two. So Alfred trying to be a little bit of a detective there, but Batman kind of says, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Always did like the Batman motorcycle helmet where yeah. it's pretty much the perfect, almost identical design to the cow, of course, just bigger because it has to be a helmet. <laughs> but even it looks a little similar to the armored suit he has in the Dark Knight Returns a little bit. Or uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, which pretty much took that suit design verbatim and just did an exact <laughs> copy, which was awesome. always like these art styles right here with that, that close-up shot of 
it feels like those old like 30s cartoons i don't know the exact term for those type of drawings but it definitely stands out when you see the rest of the episode but i always liked it when the animated series did that it's one of those things that again gave it that classic animated feel that the series just has so much of Batman taking these guys down so casually, just with one hand. <laughs> Pretty much looks like breaking that guy's hand. <laughs> I just wonder how close Batman would have been maybe to reveal his identity to Harvey here. If he thought that would have helped him get him back. Of course, he's that might have been the last piece of he's first going to try to use uh grace as someone who can help harvey try to bring him back and even mentioning that he still has friends alluding to bruce even though he doesn't specifically name him but i wonder if he was saving that for a last kind of ditch scenario type thing to get through to him if he would actually reveal himself it's kind of an off moment for batman here i mean harvey sneaks up behind him that doesn't ever knock him out, but hits him pretty hard to put him out of commission for a bit. And then Harvey just kicks him into the janitor's uh, workstation there with the mops water and just fully knocks Batman out right there and has to be wakened by the janitor. <laughs> so I just chalk it up to Batman just being overly concerned about wanting to help Harvey that he wasn't going yeah, was all out say, on him. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like his friend, right? So I, I wouldn't expect you to turn... I, knock me out if I turn my back on you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll forgive Batman getting knocked out by janitor's equipment here <laughs> in this instance. <laughs> even though I'm sure it's something he wouldn't want to talk about or even reveal to Robin or Alfred. <laughs> Why did Harvey have uh, that show? <laughs> Matches in his in his jacket. I bet you if they could, it would have been because so he would be smoking. Yeah, like a cigar or something. Yeah, because there was some early drawings, designs of Two Face that Bruce Tim did that show him with a cigarette and smoking, just you know, oh, really going for that mobster feel. Yeah. There's another great thing about this episode, just seeing the conflict that Two-Face still has, knowing that he hasn't gone full-blown villain just yet here, but still clinging to hope that Grace, the love of his life, is still there for him. And maybe he doesn't possibly think they could have that normal future that they wanted together, but just you just see the conflict how we took him so long for him to call her, but and several coin flips too before or landed on the good side for him to finally call her and just kind of see if there is still a little bit of hope for him to come back through Grace. He's outside. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> The wild deuce. The wild Perfect height. Deuce. <laughs> There's a big there's the second one too. It's a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. They wouldn't have the number two on there for no reason. What's the point of it? <laughs> an umbrella in this frame? <laughs> I think it'd just be blowing so wildly that it wouldn't do much to cover up. I just love the animation of the rain in this episode, too. And we saw it in the psychiatrist sequence, but actually seeing the characters outside in the rain, I just always loved how the animated rain in Batman the Animated Series. There's Two-Face going for his Phantom of the Opera look. He'd cover his hand, though. Nope. <laughs> like his dialogue right here, too, where it says, this is my world now, a dichotomy of order and chaos. And you can kind of see how, obviously, the nightclub on one side still is in good condition and the other side is not just all run down. Yeah, just, even the, the, the small little window on the doors, mm-hmm. one side is cracked and the other side isn't. Yeah, because you see light on one side and the other side is dark. And it's a nice way of doing it. I'm not really exaggerating and overdoing it. Kind of like how Batman Forever was, where they showed yeah. his hideout there. And just the different sides were both were different extremes and crazy. <laughs> this is a little more subtle. Too. <laughs> it's a tad. A little more subtle and a little more well done. <laughs> Yeah, this lovely expression here at Harvey has this kind of sigh of just knowing that Grace has to see him like this now. But yeah, she still says she loves him. And two faces men there. I don't know what happens to them. I wonder if they're dead or they just get knocked out. Because it's part of me thinks you would have heard the gunshots, but part of me thinks they didn't show up, but there's like knives in their backs. <laughs> yeah. And the shocker, Grace was betrayed by Candace, or she didn't know. <laughs> but at least see Thorne's honest here. He doesn't make it like she betrayed Harvey. He actually, Thorne actually tells Two-Face, no, she thought she was alerting the police and she wanted to help you. Still, Two-Face still can't help feel betrayed. More beautiful rain animation there with Batman on the motorcycle. I love these shots. Oh, yeah, that looks good. The thunder. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> See, man, Batman's still hurting from <laughs> landing in that janitor's workstation there. Still groaning and having a hard time getting <laughs> off that bike. You wouldn't think that would... <laughs> He, he'd get taken out by a janitor's push cart. I know. <laughs> like I said, not Batman's finest hour, but we're just going to chalk it up to him wanting to help his friend and just being overly concerned about him. That is a really good design of uh, uh, Two Faces' face. Mm-hmm. 
yeah now i've got to the point where i don't know which one i prefer more <laughs> like the classic comic green design or the animated series blue because i just got so used to this one or the uh the dark knight version yeah for live action i don't think it's going to get better for when we got in the dark knight <laughs> i love that look too uh it's not tommy lee jones <laughs> no i'm not a big fan of the pink slash purple look. <laughs> And kind of like the striped tiger design of the suit that he had. <laughs> Don't shoot out a chandelier. <laughs> See, look at Batman, just the way he's standing and walking, still trying to make do of that injury he had. <laughs> Even Two Face is doing fairly better in the fight <laughs> with Thorns, Thugs, and Batman is here. Look at that Grace gets her moment too to take down Candace. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Put <laughs> herself in the head with, with the vase. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't look like it felt too good. I always remember this moment of Thorne kind of pleading for his life. This was in the preview on the episode after part one. And just remember seeing that. I was like, oh, man, what's going to go down between Two-Face and Thorne here? <laughs> and like, where's Thorne at, too? Because he's covered with, like, I didn't know it was a chandelier that fell on him in that seeing the preview after part one. But just remembering, just couldn't wait to see what was all going to go down and where he was at. And I think this has become kind of an iconic moment here too with Batman throwing all the coins yeah. to mess up Harvey's one lucky coin to make his decision. Cause Batman forever did the same thing except that Batman had a bunch of coins in his pocket, apparently <laughs> or in his utility <laughs> belt. As you do, Tim, as you do, yeah. you have a bunch of the same coins in your pocket. And I got to give a shout out again to Richard Mull and his performance here. Just, the performance he gave of just how desperate he was to find his coin in that last scream he lets out, just like his yeah. whole life is ending right there. It's that, that type of scream he let out where he just doesn't know what to do without that coin. It was just sad to see and just beautifully performed by Richard Mull to give that performance to make you feel that way for Harvey, where you're just seeing this person you saw several episodes ago, just being a bright district, attun district attorney now falling from grace and just seeing the tears that Grace had for him there. And I just love the music here as Batman flips that one coin for Harvey to, to weigh. It's on the soundtracks. I think it was played also too in the Scarecrow episode, but it's one of my favorite pieces of music in Batman the Animated Series. And, uh, ah, that's it. Up. Yeah, that, that was really good. <laughs> Such great episodes, man. It's great say. storytelling. Especially the uh, conclusion to the story. Yeah. I like that. I mean, apparently the, the his time in the mental hospital didn't help. No, sadly not. <laughs> I always wanted too late. I always wanted to see and get a story of what happened with Grace, like because we never see her in any other episodes. And if she was going to appear in one, you'd think it'd be one of the last episodes of the series called Second Chance, where Harvey was going to get that surgery done to fix his face and hopefully to get the mental treatments that we need to. You'd think she would have been in an episode like that, but she wasn't. So I'm hoping that's kind of a story. I mean, I think they might have done something like that in the uh, original 
comics, like the Adventures of Batman and Robin series that was going on during the 90s. But I would love to get one or that be a story we get in the Batman The Adventures Continue comic series we're getting right now, since it is being written by Paul, D- Paul Dini and Alan Burnett. If we were to kind of continue on a story with Grace and Harvey Dent, I think I would love to see that. So here's hoping that that's something maybe they'll tackle in season three if the comic series continues. But yeah, this was fun. What if it was a thing where it's like she just moved on? That'd be sad to see. uh, Yeah, Yeah, we just uh, it's like she moved on, but then they somehow uh, have a reunion together, and just to see the reactions of and maybe get a little more into the story of what exactly happened to their relationship. I would just love to see that. Be told by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, especially Alan Burnett, since he wrote these two Two Face episodes. So he should be the one to write that story as well in the comic. Yeah, I was gonna say Paul Dini isn't writing the uh, adventure. Uh, what is it called? The uh, Batman. Adventure. The adventures continue. Yeah, right, right. He's not writing that, is he? No, they, he is. Yeah, they both get writing credits on it. Oh, I see. Well. Uh, yeah, it was a great episode. Um, it's been it's been so long since I saw, I, I saw that episode, and I could have swore uh, that Robin was in this episode. But I guess not. <laughs> no, this is one of the many early episodes that Robin wasn't in. And yeah. as, as a young Batman fan, watching it for the first time, just could always wonder when's Robin going to show up. When's Robin going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again. It's, it's it's weird how they just straddle that line between, you know, this sort of this content for adults with, with you know, the mental illness thing and then Harvey getting, you know, uh, scarred by the acid. Yep. The gun violence, too. Breakdown, <laughs> the gun violence, all of this stuff with while maintaining this children's cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing, and and I think this is one of the better episodes of that, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and just is all a part of makes Batman in the anime series the classic that it is. <laughs> yeah. So, Tim, you can officially check this off of your bucket list, your Batman bucket list. You finally did it, the Two Face Two Part of commentary on episode two hundred and twenty-two. Couldn't have worked out any better if you asked me. So <laughs> it was worth the wait. I know it was something we were planning. Obviously, we didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode, but um, we didn't get to record on our normal schedule time like we usually did. So it's going to be a couple of weeks between episodes. And this is one we had planned as we were recording the last episode where we're, we're talking about our slate of themed episodes for the future, <laughs> like the Warner Brothers movie slate. Um, but uh, we got one down, so <laughs> we're good on our slate of ideas that we have for upcoming episodes. So, uh, even though it took a little bit longer to record episode 222, it was definitely worth it in the end. It's a lot of fun to watch those episodes and to talk about them with you, Dane. So, yeah, definitely a good idea that you had <laughs> when we're talking about our 222nd episode. What uh, episode are you on for uh, The Saga Continues? Uh, we are on like 180 something, I uh, believe. Oh, uh, you missed out on 66, right? Oh, we definitely did an already 66 type. Oh, we did episode thing there, yeah. <laughs> what 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 did you guys do? I think did it was you, just. You, you, <laughs> I think it, uh, 
Kyle did a Palpatine voice for like the first few minutes of the episode where you're just doing it <laughs> in a Palpatine voice, but I don't think he lasted very long <laughs> to do it for the whole episode. Unless uh, you guys did like a, uh, what is it called? Uh, like a, you're just going to watch that one scene where uh, Palpatine <laughs> says. <laughs> yeah, I actually wouldn't that. mind that. <laughs> watching it over and over, watching it 66 times. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, but by, by that time you'll be cigarettes. <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> yeah, I gotta rewatch uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's been a while since I saw that one. My second favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, because because I rewatched uh, Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, so I might uh, as recently. well just finish it off with yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. It's almost like you got to now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that, that is our featured topic for this episode. Uh, two parts, uh, two phase, on episode 222 commentary. Uh, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you watched along with us right there. Yep. Um, and yeah, just had fun just watching those episodes again and just hearing our anecdotes about <laughs> the episode. <laughs> hopefully yeah. you enjoyed that too. Uh, but now we can move on to our... Uh, news section which is uh leslie grace has been cast as batgirl again uh someone i i haven't really heard of i i didn't uh, watch in the heights um which i, I guess she's she's most known for but mm-hmm. um, i guess she's a good actress right i mean we've been wrong before <laughs> yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you i'm not really too familiar with her as an actress but as you said in kind of most articles that are talking about the casting when it was announced is how that was her breakout role in the heights and so she really stood out in that so um yeah i'm expecting her to be a really good barbara gordon and even though i haven't seen her in anything i'm just excited that it's just kind of another layer that this movie is actually happening (laughs) after hearing about it for so long we got the directors and now we have our barbara gordon and it's a leslie gray so i'm excited for just the fact that it's Things are happening where the movie's going to become a reality pretty soon. So um, now hopefully they can start shooting pretty soon and we'll have a background movie on HBO Max. I still got to remember it's an HBO Max exclusive. Yeah. So and another bit of it's not a, I don't like officially confirmed yet, but just yesterday it was being retort, reported that um, J.K. Simmons is going to rephrase his role as Jim Gordon in the background movie. So if that's real, then just another cool thing about the background movie, bringing J.K. Simmons back is. He definitely didn't have get his moment to shine as Jim Gordon. Not that he was bad in Justice League, or just we didn't get enough of him. He was just basically in two scenes, and the two scenes he was in, I thought he was a really good Jim Gordon, and you want to see more of J.K. Simmons as Jim Gordon. So I'm glad. Looks like we might get the opportunity to have more of that, and just to have him really be a focal point with him, obviously being Barbara's father, and just to have that be a dynamic of the movie is something I'd be really excited about to be seen. So hopefully that ends up being accurate as well. So uh, we'll see as the movie, I'm not sure when it begins production, but I imagine it's going to be pretty soon as uh, we're getting all these announcements about it. So should be fun. Yeah, you could say J.K. Simmons had two minutes of <laughs> screen time. Nice. I was hoping to get some type of two connection in the story, and you did it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you actually might be right about that. <laughs> Just be <me> two minutes. 
and, and it's two casting announcements. So there you go. Leslie Graves and J.K. Right, Simmons. Right, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're still on our two-faced roll here. Is, it, is this movie actually happening, Tim? Or is this just a... Uh, uh, we're going to stop production or something's happening and then uh, he goes into development hell for a little bit. Uh, hopefully not. I mean, it seems like it's been in that situation for a while now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the flash well, is happening and we never thought we'd see the day, but the cameras are rolling on that. <laughs> so we just got to be a little more patient with Batgirl. Once cameras start rolling on that, then we can hopefully breathe a sigh of relief that it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on to our, our review. And Tim, uh, you're going <laughs> to, again, you're going to review The Long Halloween Part 2. Yes. This episode's all working out so beautifully with the number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a review of Batman's Long Halloween Part 2. And, of course, sticking with the Two-Face theme. Two-Face plays a heavy role in this part of the story of The Long Halloween, so this episode couldn't have worked out any better. <laughs> uh, but i got to think of a good rating scale for this one, though. Uh, how many twos you can fit in a sentence? Or a, <laughs> a theme? <laughs> I don't know. It has to do something with two, so yeah. Well, I'll try to think of something by the time I get to my score. <laughs> but... Yeah. Spoiler alert, not just for the movie, but we'll be going into spoilers on that too, but the review score I'll be giving it is going to be higher than a two. So as much as I want to keep the theme going <laughs> for the number two of this episode, the movie definitely deserves a higher rating than a two out of five. So it won't be that. I'll just say that right well, now. <laughs> well, what, you can, what you can do is you can you can go, uh, let's say it was all right, right? So you can give it a, a one point five out of two right? <laughs> out of two i guess yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be a rating scale <laughs> oh man maybe i well, might just have to do that point, yeah 1.25 out of two because <laughs> that's still a pretty high mark when you're reviewing it like that yeah <laughs> good idea but yeah so batman's long halloween part two is here shows you how long the gap of our last between episodes because in our last episode, I was re- reviewing part one, and the release was just about a month from apart from each other, so that's pretty much how long it's been since our last episode, <laughs> give or take a few days or a week. But here we are, already reviewing part two, and I'm glad that it was such a quick turnaround time, because I think I mentioned this on our last episode, where usually you had to wait a couple of months before you get the second part in the animated movies, especially with The Dark Knight Returns. That, that was a good long gap <laughs> between part one and part two, so I'm glad this one was pretty quick. And uh, as I said in my last review, I loved part one and just could not wait for part two because I was really going to get into some of the stuff I loved about the comics. In particular, mainly seeing more of Batman's rogues gallery. And this movie didn't disappoint with that. And it begins with uh, the confrontation between Catwoman and Poison Ivy as Poison Ivy has taken control of Bruce um, to try to get him to sign off a lot of his holdings and dealings and business stuff to Carmine Falcone, as it was in the comics. And the action sequence kicked off with the fight between Catwoman and Poison Ivy in Wayne Manor. Looked beautiful with that setting. It was dark. They got plant life, thorns, leaves everywhere surrounding the dining room of Wayne Manor. It just made for a cool visual fight sequence. How it was in the comics looked really great in animation, too. So that was a 
cool, fun way to kick off part two um, with the first villain being Poison Ivy that we saw. And then dealing with Scarecrow and Mad Hatter. Um, I loved Scarecrow in this movie. He wasn't in it a whole lot. A um, little bit more than he was in the comics, but the moments he was in, uh, he was fantastic. I loved his design. They really captured the look of his design from the long Halloween in the movie, which I really appreciated because I love that look. And the voice actor did a great job playing Scarecrow. And I'm blanking on his name right now. I probably should have looked it up before I started talking about it. But he did a great job capturing that really creepy side of Scarecrow, that creepy, scary side. A little familiar to how Jeffrey Combs was as Scarecrow in the new Batman Adventures, who is my favorite version of the Scarecrow. So it was a little similar to that. They just had this great fear-inducing sequence where Batman gets um, exposed to Scarecrow's fear toxin. And... We don't see it too much in the comic as far as what Bruce was seeing, just knowing that it had to deal with the loss of his mother because it was around the time of Mother's Day and the holiday killing on Mother's Day. But visually, what we got in the movie was just very striking. It was just a really trippy, creepy, scarecrow, fear-induced toxin sequence where Batman is seen. I believe the environment in the sky turns like blood red. Scarecrow takes like this decapitated head of what I think was supposed to represent Bruce's mother and just really sending Bruce down the spiral of shock and fear as we see him just running back to Crime Alley into the spot where his parents was murdered, just really feeling the effects of the fear toxin. And it wasn't until Catwoman helped him get him back to Wayne Manor for Alfred to get him back to health. But it was just one of the more scary or trippy scarecrow fear sequences. It was I was surprised to see that because it didn't get too much of that in the comic, like I said, but it was it really made you feel the fear that Bruce was having in that moment. So they did a great job with that. And then, of course, obviously, as I said before, and sticking with the theme of Two-Face, this part of the movie heavily dealt with Harvey Dent's fall from grace and becoming Two-Face by the end of the story. And I did like how it was played out in the movie, kind of similar to the comics, but different in certain areas. But uh, the movie did a great job of just pacing out of uh, Harvey, just seeing him just mentally break down. And so eventually we get to that moment in the courtroom with Sal Maroney. And once we get that moment, too, where Sal Maroney pretends to work out a deal with Harvey to give him everything he needs on Falcone. But in fact, he is Sal Maroney is still working with Falcone to bring down Two-Face. And this was their ultimate goal in that courtroom where he sprays that. A little bit of can of acid, not a can of acid, but like a little tube of acid that he has in his throws on Harvey. And I got to say, I can't, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure other than that brief moment in Batman Forever where Bruce is watching the the recap of the news footage of Harvey becoming Two-Face in the courtroom, this is the only time we've seen that instance happen on screen. Um, It was definitely done a little better <laughs> in here than it was Batman Forever because as I said in the Two-Face commentary, I never liked the idea of Batman being part in the courtroom. This time it wasn't the case. Um, what was different than the comic was instead of Bruce being in disguise in the courtroom, he was actually on the rooftop talking to Gordon and telling him he has the evidence believing that Harvey is the holiday killer while everything went down with him becoming Two-Face in the courtroom. So um, It just was nice to see that sequence be animated as I was talking about the commentary. I love both of the versions of how Harvey became Two-Face. And now to have one, uh, how it was done originally in a comic, now done in animation, I loved seeing. So that was cool. So yeah, everything dealing with 
Harvey's uh, transformation to Two-Face I thought was done really well here. Um, things were a little different as far as kind of leading up to the final moment um, between him confronting Falcone and exposing the true identity of the holiday killer. Um, but I thought it worked really well for the movie um, because going to the getting to the big twist at the end with the holiday killer reveal in the comics where it was Alberto Falcone who ended up revealing himself and confessing to be the holiday killer. There was that sequence where a Batman and Gordon had that fight with him. And then underneath, uh, like in the sewers of Gotham, where Batman was disguised in a SWAT officer's gear. Uh, we get a moment like that, but it was a little more similar to The Dark Knight, where um, instead of Gordon being disguised as a SWAT officer in the SWAT van transporting um, Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight, it was actually Batman disguised as a SWAT officer transporting Sal Maroney in the SWAT officer's van to try to draw out Harvey, knowing that um, he'd probably go after him for revenge. And that's what happened. I uh, had a little action sequence there between Batman, Harvey, and Solomon Grundy, too, who Two-Face uh, brought up to the surface. And we did get that great moment in the comics, too, where Harvey's just been living in the sewers with bandages still on his face, talking to Grundy, um, reciting the nursery rhyme. So all that was there, too, and I love seeing that played out in the movie as well. Um, but in that moment where um, they try to get Harvey out uh, and, ex and arrest him there, Holiday strikes and kills Maroney, uh, point just in the back of the head. And as Batman's about to go after the Holiday Killer, Two Face kind of stops him, just like saying, "No, no, like, like don't go after him." Kind of protecting Holiday, revealing that he kind of knows something about who the Holiday Killer really is, and planting that seed in Batman's head that maybe Two-Face or Two-Face probably isn't the holiday killer. So um, then we get to the big climactic moment and the one I couldn't wait to see the most uh, because it was one of my favorite moments in the comic where kind of all the villains get together and make the reveal to Carmine Falcone, kind of symbolizing the end of one era of crime in Gotham with the mob bosses and the start of a new one with the costume villains. And I always loved that moment from the comic and it was great to see it brought to life in animation in the movie. Although I do have one little complaint about it. Um, I think they decided they need a little more action for the final sequence in the movie. So uh, we get this moment where Joker, Penguin, Two-Face, they're all attacking Carmine, Fal Carmine Falcone's um, living quarters or his building that he was in. They have a shootout with Sophia Falcone and some of his men. So it was this big action sequence in the shootout that happens where in the comic, Falcone just uh, hears like the laughter of the Joker. I think there was also some of his men were exposed to Joker toxin, if I'm remembering it right. And they're just wondering what's going on. Where's this coming from? And he just makes his way into um, his office in the building. And that's where we get that amazing splash, pa splash page in the comic with all the villains just sitting there. And Joker just says trick or treat. And we didn't get that in the comic because, like I said, there was this big shootout and they had to make their way to Falcone's office and kind of break their way in there. But I always liked um, just how it was done in the comic where that ten that it created a sense of uh, like a tense moment and suspension there where Carmine Falcone didn't know what he was going to see. And then just the shock on his face when he saw all the villains there. We didn't get that in the animated movie. And it was something I did miss a little bit. But everything that went down afterwards was still there. Two-Face about to get his revenge on Falcone, but then Batman and Catwoman show up. Um, we have a pretty cool action sequence with Batman and Catwoman and all the other villains there. Um, that went on a little longer than the comic did, which was kind of cool to see. 
but things play out pretty similarly. Sophia Falcone falls out of the building with Catwoman trying to help her, but wasn't able to save her. And then Two-Face does end up putting two bullets in Falcone's neck, um, killing him. And then we get the reveal there of Selina kind of wanting to know for a fact that Falcone was her father. So we get that moment there, too. So all that stuff played out pretty closely to the comic, except for that one thing that I wish they stuck with how the comic did with just a villain showing up in that room there, just creating that uh, suspension that I felt was missing in that moment. Um, so that was great to see. But then we get the final reveal of the holiday killer and all that. And we do get that great moment, too, uh, with Two-Face turning himself into Batman and Gordon on the rooftop. I always love that moment. Just kind of bookending how the story started with the three of them on the rooftop one year ago, wanting to bring down Falcone. And then it took a tragic turn, sadly, over the course of that year with Two-Face, uh, with Harvey becoming Two-Face. And then uh, Harvey saying that, he hasn't given up everything he stood for and turned himself in to Gordon. But another change here from the comic, we don't get that line where he says, you know, there were two holiday killers, right? And that doesn't happen here. But we do get the reveal at the end, just like the comic, where it was Gilda Dent who started off the holiday murders. And pretty in the movie was holiday for all the other murders as well, because the big change here is her motivation and for doing this and the fact that Alberto Falcone never showed up again in the movie. He is dead. He didn't fake his death like they did in the comics. Um, but uh, this whole thing is for as far as Gilda's motivation for doing this is pretty different than the comics where in the comics it's pretty much she did it to hopefully uh, have Two-Face or put down the Carmine Falcone family and Harvey Dent would be able to put them away and they would be able to spend more time together as husband and wife start a family. Um, but in this one, while she wanted that, her main motivation was revenge against the Carmine Falcone family, because in the movie, it was revealed that her and Alberto Falcone had a relationship together. Um, she was pregnant, but she was never accepted by the family, by the Falcone family. Um, they had her marriage to Alberto Falcone annulled. And because um, they conceived a child together out of wedlock, um, they took the child away from her. So she lost her baby. And she just her whole life was ruined by the Falcones. So she wanted revenge against them. And she thought by marrying Harvey, I, I should correct myself because she even said in the movie, she didn't want revenge. She wanted justice. So she figured marrying Harvey was her best chance to get that. Marrying a district attorney who would deliver justice to the Falcone family, bring him down. But um, she kind of realized she had to take it matters into her own hands, really, when she realized there was, you know, something there was something in Harvey that she felt probably wouldn't get that justice that she wanted. And so she started to do the holiday killings. And, but she did say that she did truly love Harvey. Didn't want to see him see what happened to him actually happened with him becoming two faced. So that was a big change from the comics. And then they left it kind of open-ended because Batman was there as she was confessing all this. He was there in the room with her. It is in the same spot in the comic where she's burning all the evidence, the holiday costume, the guns, all that stuff. But Batman's standing there hearing the confession and, it left it ambiguous if he turned her in or not. She, because she asked him, "Are you going to turn me to Gordon?" And he just walks away, not saying anything. And then the movie ends with Batman, or I should say, Bruce and Selina at Wayne Manor on Halloween, and Alfred uh, still having some candy ready from some trick or treaters. And Bruce thinks Alfred's wasting his time. No one's going to do that in Gotham, especially here in Wayne Manor. 
but there's a ring at the bell and then there's a family with a kid in a batman costume which kind of brings a smile to bruce's face and that's where the movie ends and then we get a fun post-credit scene where we get another doorbell ring and instead of kids trick-or-treating it's flash and green arrow at wayne manor <laughs> and alfred just says to bruce it's for you so that was a fun uh, post-credit scene but yeah it was the movie was great i really loved the adaption they did they I said this for part one, and I think it applies to part two, where they took all the elements that made The Long Halloween a great story and kept those elements and the big plot points and just changed certain things just enough to keep it original, but not make it totally different. That's going to make you kind of wish that they just stuck to while the comic was, which is the case for some other animated comic adaptions that they've done. So I just really like the balance that both of these movies struck as far as uh, how closely they followed the story and throwing in some new wrinkles in it as well. So the, it was great. Animation continued to be great. And the vocal performances were great all around too, just like in part one. Jensen Ackles, I think, is a another fine addition to the many voice actors who have voiced Batman. He did a really good job in this one. And I hope he does more because after seeing this, I really hope they do Dark Victory next. So I would love to see that. Uh, things will be, they'll have to take some liberties on that though because the way things ended here is gonna would make things play out differently in um, dark victory as well especially when you're dealing with alberto falcone so uh, we'll see about that if they decide to continue the story but i hope they do so yeah i loved it um it's up there i think it's one of the better batman animated movies i really hope they do a dark Knight returns and combine both movies into one release to watch it as one big long movie because i think that would be made for a great story that you can see it all together as one put together movie so hopefully that would be the case as well, because I'll buy that immediately right away. <laughs> so if I were to score it, I would go ahead and give it four and a half out of five times. I could fit the number two in an episode or in just any part of <laughs> conversation or a sentence. And if I'm going to use your rating, Dane, I guess I would give it yeah. a one and a half out of two. <laughs> one and a half. You turn out a 1.8. Five. <laughs> it's easier just to say one and a half out of two. But <laughs> all right. Well, um, I guess I'll watch it then. Yeah, definitely. Know, it, definitely check it. Has it got the Tim seal approval? It definitely thing? does. Yes. Okay. Two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> if I could um, throw that type of rating scale in as well. Yeah. All right, so I uh, I guess that's it for this episode. Our our two twenty two two face two parter, long Halloween part two, uh, second part. You fit a lot of number uh, twos in there. <laughs> yeah, I I fit so much I ran out. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say episode 222 was a rousing success of being a two-faced theme right. episode. <laughs> um, so just go over to Batman Universe that night, Facebook, Dark Times, Batman Universe, Twitter handles at Batman Universe, shows Twitter handles at Batcast Podcast, Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311, my Twitter handles at DanSurfBanana, great news on iTunes, the email the show, Batman's at Alpans, gmail.com. Him, like we say at the end of every single episode. We love each and every one of you with all two of our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that, that was coming. Alright, we'll see you guys. See you next time in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah!